there, Ducast listeners. Uh, we are back with another week of incredible guests. Uh, I'm sure everyone, but especially our Indianapolis natives, will love this one. We were live at the historic Vogue Theater, talking with co-owner Eric Tobias and entertainment manager Jason King. It was such a blast hanging out with them, hearing all that they do outside of concerts and nightclubbing, and of course, hearing their hearts for causes they love. We're really excited for you to hear this one and have your eyes open to all the amazing things that they're doing. The Vogue Theater in Indianapolis is one of the most popular storied venues in the Midwest. The Vogue opened as a movie theater on June 18, 1938. On December 31, 1977, the Vogue opened as a nightclub. Since their opening in the late 70s, the Vogue has continuously been considered one of the top night spots in Indianapolis. Many great bands and artists have performed there over the past 25 years, including Bo Diddley, Willie Nelson, The Ramones, John Hyatt, Blondie, Johnny Cash, and Bonnie Raitt. Again, thank you guys so much for listening, and if you haven't already, subscribe so that you don't miss a week of the Dewcast. Uh, and we're just very thankful to have you. Happy listening. Just, yeah, versus us. That's yeah, of things that I just noticed walking in that I guess I never noticed in my 20s when I was here. <laughs> so. It's crazy how much more clear you see when you're... I, that's what I told her when I walked in. I was like, I've never actually been here where there's the lights are on and there's no people. So this different during the day. Yeah. Not what I thought it looked like in my head. So. Welcome to the Donate Podcast. Uh, I am Courtney and we have, of course, Steve here as always. We're also sitting with Jason King and Eric Tobias. Um, who is the new owner of The Vogue. We're very excited to talk about all that. And then Jason King, I forget your role. Entertainment manager. Okay. Entertainment manager. Yeah. <laughs> Write the um, checks to the entertainers. Correct. <laughs> I picked up on that as we were uh, hanging out, so yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. So yeah, we're really excited to be here. We're live at The Vogue, which is really exciting. We were just talking about how weird it is to be here during the day. Yeah. As opposed to tonight, but... That's awesome. The fact that you guys have a disco ball inside your office. Um, I'm going to have to steal that one. It sets the tone. It totally makes sense for donate uh, Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Because I, I saw the light up there. I was like, then I looked over. I was like, yep, there's the disco ball. That's awesome. So, yeah, thank you for having us in. Thanks and, for coming. Uh, well, we always enjoy going out. You know, we did, started doing some podcasts, and we've done a few at the office. It's just not nearly as fun. Yeah. Like, it's hard to get a boardroom into a fun environment it's yes. just not and it's so. a cool office it's not even boring but yeah yeah coming here seeing all the Star Wars uh... yeah JK's got uh. the he's got the office that everybody admires and it used, it <laughs> yes. used to be a lot worse I've been yeah. I've been tightening things up and getting rid of some some garbage as we go so. I personally like the balcony just right outside the you just climb out the window yeah that's that is the famed poop deck <laughs> you guys know the story of why it's called the poop deck? Yeah, now that you brought it up. So, uh, before the deck was built, it was just the black rubber membrane that was above the men's restroom. And in order to build the deck, we had to um, cut the vents down a little bit. Uh, so in the summertime, when you're out there during a sold-out show, uh, it uh, smells like poop, so it's a poop deck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's just one of the little nuances. <laughs> little back VIP back. party right out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you we're go. we're gonna hang some air fresheners. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Your new selling point. That's awesome. It's amazing at night uh, because the marquee is right here, and you know the neon's all lit up, and it's it's pretty awesome. 
Yeah, it's provided some unique pictures for social media that we were never able to get before, and um, it's definitely kind of the super VIP space. It is. A lot yeah. of people don't know it's there at all, so. Well, yeah, it would hard. It would be hard to see, even see yeah. unless yeah. you're in your office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I know we were talking about earlier. Uh, I would definitely want to touch on it and what plans you guys have. But so you guys are open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is that right? We are open. Always guaranteed Friday and Saturday, but uh, our goal is to be open five, six, as, as much as we can possibly be open. Okay. Is our goal. Uh, right now we average three. Uh, our goal is for 2020 to average five, uh, and we're, we're taking the right steps in that direction. All of our events per month have increased, and uh, we're going to keep pushing. Is that because of acts, or it just doesn't make sense revenue-wise to stay open during the week? Um. I think traditionally, uh, under previous ownership, I, it was all about profitability. Yeah. Uh, but I think the new owners have, uh, and, and Eric can speak to this as one of the new owners. But I think they want to, they want the Vogue to be a lot more of a of a community um, organization, and and we want to be open even if it, even if it doesn't necessarily, if if it's not a huge money maker for us, we still want to yeah. be able to provide events and things for the community, and um, it's gone from a profitability model more to maybe the the, the growth model which yeah. i think is pretty inspiring so eric yeah. can speak he's not that. familiar with that at all no <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think uh i think jason said it well i think the um the thing that was exciting for us uh and i'm one of you know three business partners that, that purchased the boat back in april the thing that's exciting for us is you have this place that when you're out in the community and somebody mentions the vogue they inevitably have some story, usually when they're in their twenties, but some story that um, endears them to this to this building, to this space, to an experience. And um, you know, like Jason was saying, I, I, I think we look at it as a responsibility to find ways to get more people in the community to come touch the Vogue. Right. Um, and and historically, that's been you know live music, and we'll certainly have a, a big, big, big focus on live music going forward. But there's other ways, you know, and, and um, we look in, in, and ask ourselves, why can't this place be open more? Why can't it be open during the day? Why can't mm-hmm. it be, uh, you know, uh, a place that people convene for a lot of different types of events? So I think that's a new mindset. Um, whether that works or not, we don't know, you know, but we're going to so many? How many? What's the capacity here? 950. And that's standing room, I assume? Yeah, that'd be general yeah. admission upstairs and downstairs. Okay. And then if the if we close the balcony downstairs, becomes essentially a, a space for about five hundred. What about uh, tables, sit down, yeah. scenarios? Yeah, we do offer uh, we do offer that and have for many many years. Yeah. Um, you, you know, we're shifting that model a little bit from first come first serve to uh, still offering. Yeah, uh, you know that for 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 the, uh, the general public, but also selling access to those. Right. Uh, we do do some seated shows. Um, you know, it limits our overall capacity when we do a seated yeah. show, but some art artists warrant that. Um, you know, the space has a lot of different flexibility and configuration options, right. which is nice. We've got a balcony, we've got a main floor. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of ways to you know use that to our advantage. Well, and I even think about because the. the I know we were talking a little bit before we, you know, introed in here. I think the balcony is a huge piece for a nonprofit event, and I only say that because 
your dialed in nonprofits when they're doing their presentation, they're they're short, precise, you know, they're to the point and it's a great place to observe. So I feel like that's a great feature. But I was also thinking in my head, if there was a speaking engagement being out. So that's what I mean by seated. That's like, okay, there's some rounds down there. There's somebody on the stage because obviously you have that yeah. to your advantage where if I'm at a hotel, I got to pay to have a stage put in yeah. and things like that. So there's some definitely we, some advantages there. We have uh, 120 seats as well. So we can okay. make the dance floor fully seated with 120 there as well. So Just in the dance floor area? Just in the dance floor area. Yeah. 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 It, and you guys even... Like on the little platforms around, and mm-hmm. you have like tables and stuff. Yeah, in there too. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Like we've had, I'm just thinking about the last two or three events we've had, and you know, one one event took over the whole venue. It was you know downstairs, upstairs, came in and really did a a, a pretty comprehensive decoration of the venue to the to the point where you wouldn't even know you were in the Vogue. I mean, it was right. uh, really transformed. Uh, then you contrast that with another event we had where we had the 125 seats on the floor, we had high top tables, uh, we had you know catered food in the back, we had of course uh, you know our bartenders uh, and, and servers you know out yeah. out serving, and then speakers on the stage and yeah. kind of rotating through a, a scenario of that, and then kind of a third event where just utilizing the balcony where. Yeah. You know, it's a much smaller group, much more, more, more intimate, but wanting to be in the space. And so th- those those different configurations give us flexibility to serve a lot of different audiences. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I know, I want to go back to the whole community aspect, because I think you guys have a name that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of those 20s memories <laughs> or, you know, the lit sign that everybody's familiar with or the fact that you guys, I don't even know when this place open. yeah. Okay, so I'm not that old, obviously. Um, So you have a combination of things that are obviously working in your favor. Um, So now I guess with a vision of trying to connect more with the community, is it still staying with the same image? Are you guys trying to, I don't want to say rebrand because it doesn't need that, but additional type of image to drive people during the week? Or yeah, I, I, you know, I love Jason's perspective on this. From from mine, it's retelling the story. Um, you know, we live in 2019 where uh, there are infinite, literally infinite, number of options for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, starting with the device that everybody has in their pocket, and so to get somebody out of the house to go, you know, interact in a social environment to pay money to do that. Yeah. There's a hurdle right there. Right. Uh, and, and then once somebody decides we want to go out tonight, oh my gosh, I mean, there's a hundred options to, to, as places to go spend your money. Um, when you filter that then by, uh, you, you know, a geographic location, in our case, Broad Ripple, or you filter that by a type of entertainment, you know, whether it be live music or, uh, you know, uh, we have a game show that we host here once a month, uh, trivia, whatever it may be. Um, is it trivia? Is that the it's, game? It's, it's okay. trivia based. Yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah, okay, you got to dive into but that. It, but it's also, I mean, massive production with LED wall and confetti, and it, you know, it's like rock yeah. and roll trivia kind of. It, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's really cool. Um, so you know, that right there, so many people have trivia nights. Nonprofits have trivia nights all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Trivia nights are great. Confetti. People love them. Uh, but you know, you got to have your own twist on it. But, but I guess the point where I'm going is is uh, just a lot of options for yeah. you know people to do, and so. 
it isn't about rebranding as much as it is just making people aware that we're still here and we're right. doing innovative, creative things that are different mm-hmm. and that are fun and exciting. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think every business can fall into the trap of thinking, well, people know what we do. Uh, people don't necessarily know what we do. There's people yeah. moving to Indianapolis every day that, that don't have the history of the Vogue. Um, there's people that, you know, have gone on and had a family and are raising kids that it's been 20 years since they've been here. They've, they've forgotten about us. They And rightfully so. They're on to other things. And it's our job to, you know, to make them aware of all the cool stuff that, you know, Jason and the team are, are, are bringing into the door. Yeah. Can you share a little bit, because uh, I, tra- I asked Courtney about this too, the transition of new ownership and what that looks like, why it even took place. Um, it seems like everything is still, like the team's still here. It was just ownership transfer. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's totally accurate. Yeah. Okay. Jason can give his perspective on, <laughs> on it. Uh, you know, I, I, I can wrap it up pretty quickly. I mean, I feel like the Vogue has always strive to be the the lighthouse of broad ripple yeah uh, but the new ownership has given us the resources to make that lighthouse much brighter and we're all excited about that that's cool that's a good way to say it there you go yeah I mean, nice I, and clear yeah I, I, i've never bought a business and uh this has been a real you know eye-opener for me uh we've learned a ton made a ton of mistakes as you do with anything that you're doing for the first time but the thing that has been really rewarding is jason's been here Six years uh, is a foundational element of the business that we run and, and the brand that we maintain. Um, Marcus, who's our general manager, has been here 16, 17, 18 years. Um, you know, Hannah's been who runs our uh, event business has been here. I mean, we have good continuity. Yeah, and it's a really good team. Yeah. We're very talented, and um, yeah, that's that's what you need to have a business like the Vogue, right? Yeah. That's why I've been around for since 1938. It's just good people. Yeah. This is a little bit different than tech. It's a little bit different than tech. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I was, when you shared with me, you know, the, the interview, and, you know, I knew some of your background. I was looking on LinkedIn and things like that. I was like, yeah, the Vogue doesn't really mix with uh, this history here. So that's awesome that yeah. you... Uh, I love it, though. I mean, they're so correlated. I literally just got off a phone call with a guy in San Francisco who were recruiting to move to Indianapolis. And, um, you know, after, like, People want to talk about the job and like their kids where they're going to go to school. And then like the next question is, well, tell me about the social scene there. And like, I'm a music fan. Tell me about what's going. You know, and it's just all correlated. Like, people want to live in cool spots. There's so much stuff going on in indie that is yeah. on the rise. And um, you know, the arts are an important part of that. We don't pretend that everybody's a music fan, which is why, you know, things like the big show, the you know, the rock and roll trivia night. Uh, it's why Jason. And his team have brought back Movie Monday. You know, this this place started as a movie theater back in 1938, and um, at some point uh, transitioned to a you know to a nightclub and music venue. But we're we're bringing back the showing of movies, cool. which is a great way to engage the community. Yep. Um, you know, and then we put more of a focus on our event business and getting people in here. We're doing a lot of holiday parties and a lot of fundraisers come and yeah. host their stuff here. So uh, you kind of add all that up, and uh, you know, it's. <laughs> it's different than tech, but it's correlated. Yeah. I know what you mean by that. Um, with mentioning, you know, getting nonprofits in here and stuff like that, I know we were talking about your golf outing, mm-hmm. which is 
when is that? I, I heard her out soliciting. Oh yeah, on the phone. <laughs> We're in, uh, so it's it's Thursday, September twenty sixth. Okay. At, at Eagle Creek Golf Club. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's our third year. And first year we had twelve teams. Second year twenty four, and this year we're sold out at thirty six. So. Wow. We're thinking about since the course has two 18 holes, where we're going to maybe try to make the jump to 72 next year, and then we'll have a lot of money to donate. So, so that's awesome. Um, because of all the fundraising that I've done in my past, I had a nonprofit for many years. Um, a golf outing is the only one I won't throw. <laughs> so, it's a lot I'll, of moving parts. I'll, I'll throw. Uh, I'm going to chalk it up to men don't commit. <laughs> until like the last second of a golf outing or at least my friends yeah. that it's like come on we we certainly experience that we yeah. have a lot of people that you know promise that they're in yeah but that uh that payment doesn't come yeah. through uh until the week of the event but yeah luckily we uh are are a, a company that sells tickets so we're able to build <laughs> we're able to build a platform and allow people to register and use their yeah. credit card right then so. yeah Eighty um, percent of the time now, we're able to get the the payment along with the commitment. At the yeah, same time, exactly. Us, so. Yeah. So, what where are all the proceeds uh, going? Where how do you distribute that? So uh, this year, it's going to benefit two purposes. Uh, the two nice. previous years, we've um, given the money to School of Rock. Yeah. But as you know, School of Rock is a for profit school. So what we've done is kind of created a Vogue School of Rock scholarship program where. We'll, uh, depending on how much money we have raised, we're able to put one or two or three kids. I think it costs $2,800 a year for one kid to go through, uh, to, to go once a week for an entire year. Mm-hmm. So we're essentially paying an, an entire year's scholarship of, of them to go to School of Rock. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and and this year, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, it, in the grand scheme of things, too, to go once a week a year, that's really not. Yeah. That bad to the fact that you're able to yeah. do that multiple and times. I, so I've gone to the actual schools a few times and met with the kids. And what's really unique about School of Rock or any of these programs is that these kids may not be great musicians, but they're using that time to build friendships and not be at home with their face stuck into a video game. Yeah. And Creative outlet. Right. And, and it, it, uh, I've, I've heard so many stories about how it helps them with anxiety and, and helps them with other personal issues that they're having to be able to go to this on a weekly basis. So um, it's great for us to say, you know, we want to keep the kids rocking, but at the same yeah. time, like it, it has a whole nother value, which is oh, really yeah. great. Yeah. And then the other, the other half this year is, we want to, um, and we're still we're still trying to get our trying to wrap our brain around exactly how we're going to do it. But we want to go around to uh, schools in the area and uh, talk to their music directors and find out where they're short. You know, are they short on trumpets? Are they short on drums? Are they short on whatever? And try to apply the proceeds there and get the yeah. instruments in the schools that that we're looking for. So that was that was always a a, a conversation for us is. You know, we could pick any charity out there. There's tons of outings that have all kinds of different charity tie-ins. But for us, we wanted to have something in our own lane, right? Yeah. And there, if anybody's listening that has a charity to help kids with music, like, call me because we can't right. find you anywhere, you know? Um, so uh, we're, we're definitely, you know, that's that's a great point to this yeah. whole, you know, podcast is how do, yeah. you, how do you marry non-for-profits with venues and, and you know, how can we... I love that cause too. Is and I was in music more like singing and stuff like that. But 
I know some schools do it really well, but a lot of schools don't. There's yeah. just a lot of schools don't provide proper budgets for music programs. Yeah. They a lot of it is going to sports or oh, yeah. academics, which yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I know at least for my school, I won't name drop, but it it was all like parent funded, and yeah. it was really hard to to keep it moving and keep it going with yeah. that. So that's really cool. I think one of the coolest things about the golf outing is we have um, every year. I think he's 12 now, but there's a young man by the name of Killian that comes out and sets up a, a an amplifier and plays the national anthem, Jimi Hendrix style, yeah. <laughs> to all of the carts before they head out. That's awesome. And the point of that is to, you know, obviously that's cool to be able to say that, you know, this kid can play the Jimi Hendrix thing, but it's also before everybody gets too hammered on the course, <laughs> we want them to understand what the actual cause is. Yeah. And, so tangible too. Right, yeah. right. So um, that's, that's just one one unique aspect yeah. of the event. Pretty sure if I learned how to play the guitar, like that would be the first thing I'd want. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember in college, the, the second you said that, to fraternity days, you, you say before, I was that after, found the one guy that I knew with a guitar that could do that. Yeah. Okay, again, we're just going to sit here. You're just going to do it again because it's awesome. But uh, yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, you have my head or my mind spinning on different programs and different people I can put you guys in connect with. Um, Just some of the underprivileged schools that don't have the capability, let alone a program, the kids, they can't even get the, you know, instruments and things of that nature. And, you know, that was something I didn't unfortunately have a talent for growing up. But uh, And that that relationship has spun out into some other cool things too. Um, The previous owner, he also did Taste of Broderick Bowl. Yeah. And uh, we had a, a, a kid's zone at that uh, festival every year and then we would have School of Rock bring their student band and come and play there which has been really cool Um, there's been opportunities for us to sponsor some of their parking lot parties over the years and uh, my goal is eventually one day we'll be able to have like uh, like in the movie School of Rock with Jack Black like we want like their their student band to play the Vogue right and have a rock show that all the parents can come to Um, so you know there's a few Why hurdles. can't we do that? <laughs> There's a few legal hurdles there with a 21 plus venue right now. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, yeah. that's. Uh, what is needed to change that? Uh, we need like six attorneys and you know somebody that understands <laughs> the Indiana uh, Indiana laws. But yeah, good luck on that. Yeah, um, I mean, the short version is there are ways to to, to enable the vote to be all ages. Um, it's not an easy path, but there is a path. Isn't it food-based? If you serve a certain amount of food on a consistent basis, that part part of that probably part of access too. Yeah, um, you can't be in the in the in the view of alcohol being poured. So oftentimes, when the bar is on one side and the restaurant's on the other, the reason for that is is to suffice with this law that if you're in the restaurant, you can't see what's happening in the bar. Yeah. If you're bar only, it's hard to justify yeah. that you can't so see it. So. In the yeah. Yeah, that would be kind of hard right there. Yeah. There are ways, but it's yeah, it's kinda of hard. I remember yeah. I thought we had interns working on our benefit concert here and they were so they're most of them under twenty one. And so yeah. they put in all this work and then couldn't come. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically a tent style event is the only way you build pull that I, I like it. Yeah. You know, because instantly I started thinking, Okay, why don't you guys do like a America's Got Talent version here. I mean, you have the setup for yeah. sure. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, you'd have to be 21 and over. Yeah. Which I don't think that'd be a problem anyway. I bet you'd have a lot of people. 
coming up or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a problem for the parents. You know, it's just that it, you know once the kids perform, well, people, they have to go out the back. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even thinking adults. I know some <laughs> people that would attempt. I know some bad musicians that would do it <laughs> just because it'd be fun. But yeah. they know they're bad. Yeah. But they still play like for free at places. Yeah. Buddy of mine, apparently there's some club for 40 and over individuals that are trying to learn how to play instruments. Yeah. And they let you go up there and <laughs> do your thing. And he's like, it's the most entertaining thing. We all know each other and everybody does. And we just drink and play bad music. And I'm like, wow. And he loves it. It's an interesting form of karaoke. Yeah, yeah it is. That well, and he said the thing that he loved the most about it is he got into it because his kids wanted to start learning. And so that was his time with his kids. Oh, wow. So he learned how to play the guitar with his son. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's actually good. I just suck. And I was like, man, I never learned how to play an instrument. So yeah. I thought, man, that's a great idea to do that. And they have so many different you know, pieces of technology now that your whole house isn't going to get rocked out. Yeah. That just quiet in a room. Hmm. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, one thing I, um, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm going to connect you with some schools. I know some people, so um, I'm getting really excited about it too. Um, One thing I would like to talk about, because we had mentioned it before, donating the space as much as you can. Um, It's not a possibility all the time, obviously, because you guys incur costs. So during the week, I would assume, is probably the best because uh, essentially a Friday and Saturday, I mean, that's your revenue. Yeah, I mean, the, the cost associated with breaking even on a Friday or Saturday versus, you know, opening on a Tuesday or Wednesday um, are obviously completely different. Yeah. And, you know, some charity events we do take on during the weekend nights, yeah. but we know ahead of time what to expect, and we know that that event is proven, and we know what the crowd's going to be like. Yeah. Um, it's the ones where we can't necessarily forecast or guarantee what the crowd's going to be or the revenue's going to be. Those are the ones where we have to, you know, be a little more selective. Uh, but we, we definitely try our best to help every possible charity that we can. I mean, whether yeah. it just be donating some tickets to something or yeah. a raffle prize, you know, we, we pretty much never say no. Uh, we're yeah. always able to do something. Yeah. I do remember that first time, actually, anytime I asked, it was... Yeah. Like, not only tickets, but here's tickets to six different shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I like that. From a business standpoint, it's good because you're getting people in the door mm-hmm. from a selfish side. But the other side is people are coming and seeing something new. Totally. Like, it's fun. Yes. Yep. I've been to a thousand auctions mainly because it's, I'm in that business, but there's a lot of boring stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I see another teeth whitening kit, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's like... <laughs> Come on, you can't give those things away now. One thing we do quite often is uh, we'll, we'll make up a certificate with a picture of the band and all the details, and it's a Vogue VIP experience. That's cool. And um, it's just an eight and a half by 11 that sits in a little frame, and people can you know, donate whatever they want to or, or bid on whatever they want. But it's essentially four tickets and a table. Yeah. Uh, so it, it isn't really costing us a lot, and it's, it provides a great dollar value. And Year after year, I hear from the organizers that that's those are the ones that generate tons of money because, like you said, it's teeth whitening kit. You know, 
lotion oh basket. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, four tickets. Another and lotion a, basket. Yeah. and <laughs> Four tickets and a VIP table to sold out Here Come the Mummy show at the Vogue. You know, right. I mean, that's a, Which I've been to the show. And it's a, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's where you're going to write on the paper, not the lotion basket. So. Yeah. Well, hey, the, people like experiences. Yeah, they do. Well, and that's one thing that I've identified when I used to put on my events. You know, I talked to my top donors. Like, okay, what do you want to see at my auction? And it was always experiences. Yeah. You know, and it, it, one conversation specifically, it's like, listen, I, I go to these all the time. I like to call them professional gala goers. Um, because if you actually go to these enough, you actually notice that it's the same group of people that support oh, yeah. a lot of our community. Yep. And he explained he's like regardless i've already bought everything i can but i'm always going to take my wife out to dinner uh-huh. i'm always going to do things on the weekends yep. so that i'm always going to look at whether i bid on it or not that's a different thing but i'm always going to pay attention to those items the rest not so much and from my side on the consulting with nonprofits, i love it because that person bought it at your auction came here had a great experience and so they associate the two together. For sure. You know, for you guys, hey, they are connected to a charity yep. and vice versa. Yeah. So I really love that aspect of... You, you uh, mentioned the professional gala goers. Yeah. Right? Um, we have had situations where someone had won a VIP experience. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these people are at every show. And they're, <laughs> they're like regulars. The waitresses know them and are part of their lives. And like yeah. it's... It's crazy how just those you know one instances have created so many different opportunities for us with partnerships, yeah. and it's really grown our network just by putting ourselves out there like that. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's easy for you. I mean, yeah. we've had Sun King on the podcast, and I mean, mm-hmm. I know you guys have a partnership with them as well, and everybody knows their name. So yeah. They give. Yeah, just they're very good at that. Yeah. So it's and it's easy for them yeah. to do. They have plenty of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go yeah. Home, but, yeah, but it's a really good point because you almost think of Sun King. At least I do, as an Indianapolis benefactor. Yeah. Clearly, they are a business to make money, but they are everywhere. Yeah. And, and and it's awesome. It is. You know, it is awesome, and you want to support them because you know they're supporting other other yeah. initiatives. Yeah. Um, and so there's a there's a lot of that playbook that I think we're trying to borrow from. Yeah. Yeah. That. You know, we had a great conversation with them, and I shared, you know, my sentiments at at a very early you know, stage, I started to see them at every auction. Yeah. And I was like, man, they went all in. All in. But it was great because their intentions were pure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we had talked about, it, you know, what's the return on investment? And he's like, even if I wanted to try, just that's not our industry. We can't track it because yeah. there are so many places like, okay, they did that, but they drank their beer here. Like, yeah. they can't track that. Yeah. And it was just pure intentions. It worked really well. And even my perception of them, like they're a pillar of the business community for our community. Yeah, for sure. And well, this comment you made about there's a select few that support the whole thing has been a big learning of mine over the last five or 10 years that it it is a, it's, I don't know if it's 80, 20, I think it's like 90, 10 rule, right? And Sun King disproportionately uh, in the food and beverage industry, has yeah. has leaned in, um, and it's and you're right. Their intentions are just gold. Like they're just good people. Yeah. It's the right thing to do, and so they do it. And um, yeah, there's kind of like a lesson there for yeah. for all of us. Well, it sounds like you guys are wanting to go down that path, and we are connecting. I really liked. I'm glad you mentioned the movie night because to me, community is not just you know 
a night out no uh to watch music yeah. and i know that's your thing yeah um it's not our only thing yeah you know? but somebody like myself who you know i have a four-year-old and a two-year-old if I'm not in bed by like 11, <laughs> like I'm mad. That's late. Like, yeah, I mean, normally it's nine, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't want to get that early. But uh, like, it's just not my thing. I, you know, staying out, I'm, I'm just genuinely tired. So if me and my wife go out, you know, okay, what, to your point, it's there's a lot to do, but what can I do early yeah. and still have a good time and feel like I went out, yeah. I enjoyed myself, and I didn't have to stay out yeah. all night? And, and that, you know, I think we all get in ruts, whether that rut is, you know, we did Chipotle once a week or that rut is, you know, date night is always X, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and it's like, how do you help people break that up? Yeah. yeah. You know? Everybody wants something new. So yeah. try, try something different. I think movie night has a strong potential, too, as we start to see more and more apartments and condos being built and broken oh, yeah. and yeah. the, yeah. the landscape changing. That's a great point. Red line. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, there's. It, it's on Monday night, and anybody can walk down the street and make a movie. Yeah. 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 And there are no movie theaters. Like, you know, is there, are there movie theaters? I guess there is one over in Glendale. Yeah. Yeah, but for people living right here, it's not. For people with no car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other two There you go. Yeah. There's no movie theater with the sound system like we have. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's a great point. I mean, that's the uh, kind of the selling point for us is that. So far, we've only been doing movies that are rock and roll based, right? So, yeah. uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, we're going to do Rocket Man, Straight Out of Compton, Rocky Horror in, in, in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want people to be able to experience these amazing movie soundtracks like yeah. through the Vogue's PA, right? Yeah. So, you know, you could get crushed by, you know, the, the guitar, you know. Yeah. And, can't get that on your on your system yeah. at the moment for most people. Yeah. No, it makes such a difference. And I know this is different, but the, have you ever been to the movie showings at the um, orchestra? The, yeah. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It makes. I mean, we it's have Star Wars yeah. there, and I know we're just really like Star Wars fans. And also at the vote, shocked. you can tip back a few Sun Kings. That's true. <laughs> you know, and then it sounds even better, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I'm just thinking is like, okay, Transformers. Like my heart would probably just be jumping the whole time and things like that. We're gonna work up to that. One. Yeah, yeah. And we have an, uh, an an EDM show tonight, so I mean, we'll we'll test the levels for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on a different note, I, I it's along the same lines, and I wanted to tap into some of your expertise um, working with startups. Yeah. And I know this is a complete tangent, um, but I wanted to to give this point why we had you here. So one thing that is very common in the, in the nonprofit space is a mentality of scarcity yep. versus abundance. Yep. Um, I know you work with a lot of startups, and traditionally, that's the first hurdle is overcoming, if they're not funded, overcoming the mindset shift yep. so that they can get to that point. Do you have any advice for nonprofits that are listening that they know it's what's holding them back Mm -hmm. because society has told them, hey, you know, don't pay administration, you know, underpay all your people, don't spend money on marketing, all the stuff that helps you serve your mission. It all has to be like a check to go to the mission or here's food for your mission. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice on that? Because it's something I'm very passionate about um, for many reasons. 
And I want to start getting the message out there on how to overcome this yeah. and how maybe one day their mentality can change so the boards mm-hmm. that are helping serve, can they can start to change as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a – thanks for asking the question. Um, I don't know that I have any amount of expertise to add, but um, from, a, from an organization perspective, uh, I don't think there's any difference between – a nonprofit or a for-profit in terms of to be successful you need to understand what the mission of the organization is and you have to have a vision that supports that mission uh, and I think where a lot of leaders get stuck whether it's nonprofit or for-profit is they can only see what's in front of them uh, most of us have have never you know, we've all had a dream at some point, and then that dream becomes reality, and you give up on the dream, and you, you're just okay with the reality. Great organizations say, my reality today is not what it's going to be tomorrow, and I'm going to think about where I'm going, not where I'm at. That's a really hard thing for most people and most leaders, but it's, it's, it is what separates, you know, good from great. Yeah. And so to... to, to you know, your point about constraints. I mean, constraints can be a really good thing. They're an amazing forcing function for startups and probably for nonprofits to uh, find a path when there is no path to be had. Um, but but I, I would maybe say it this way. When, when we first got to the Vogue, one of the early conversations that Jason and I had was around, there's a lot of things we want to invest in, as you might imagine. And we had a prioritized list, and I said, we're going to redo the offices, which ironically we haven't done yet. But I have. I've cleaned all my trash out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but we're Just keep the, stri- or the, the, the ball. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on the list. And, um, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of other things that would impact our business than redoing the space in which our employees work. And... Um, Jason, can you, Jason and I had a conversation. Can I stop you right there? Yeah, of course. Because most people might be listening, and you're talking about a business. Why would you redo your offices? Yeah. Yeah, and that, and and the, the I think for us that was one of the very first things we identified was that the office environment in which Jason and and the team work in every day is holding us back. Why is it holding us back? Because we think of ourselves, we're sitting in an environment that looks and feels like a bar. Uh, we want to be the best music venue in the Midwest, if not the nation. Uh, when we come in every day, we want to work in an environment that feels like it's the absolute best. Uh, if we want to be the best, we need to start acting like we're the best. And, and so why would you prioritize a spend on office environment? Because your environment begins to create your culture, and your culture is how you treat your customers and your people, and, and how you treat your customers is the business that you ultimately build. Uh, it's all a connected ecosystem. And so uh, circling all the way back to your question, I think it starts with the nonprofit saying, what do we want to be? And if that's what we want to be, we need to start acting like that. And uh, you, most people just limit themselves. You know, most leaders limit themselves. Most organizations limit themselves. Um, I've been fortunate to be in a number of scenarios where, uh, for whatever reason, I dreamt really big and worked really hard, and the intersection of those two things produced an amazing outcome. Uh, but I see a lot of entrepreneurs who don't dream really big, and guess what? They don't, it never becomes big. You know, and big isn't the goal always. 
Yeah. But um, aligning the mission to what you're doing is really important. Yeah. yeah. And I hear a lot in that too of people. I mean, and I think everybody knows that of getting the right people on the bus and uh-huh. investing in your people. But there's a difference between saying it and doing it. Yeah, and, for sure. And I think a lot of businesses too, but nonprofits as well. Um, say all these really great things, but I, I feel like there's a, some sort of mentality of like, oh, well, they're already doing good. Mm-hmm. Like, they're okay. Like, mm-hmm. we we don't have to spend the extra money or time to pour into their development. They're yep. just, they're already getting the reward because they're doing the good thing, and yep. we can continue to, whatever that path is, and or pay them, whatever what that looks like. I think from, a, from an employee perspective, you know, mm-hmm. going through an ownership change, um, everything we had done before was based on profit, so to hear him say that and then explain it in that way if it blew my mind you know i i had never even considered that the work environment would then you know breed into other other things and other goals and other plans for us so um, and i'm sure it made you feel great like encouraged and supported it did and it, it really kind of legitimized the situation of like man these guys are you know they they really have a vision yeah. of what this place is going to be so it it made me feel really great and i, I had never yeah. even considered that so yeah and i from some experiences that I've had in the past, the more you feel the pressure of we're not making enough money and the more you hear it, <laughs> the more it bleeds into totally. the business. Totally. So you're hearing it in a private meeting. Well, you hear it enough. You accidentally say it to somebody else that shouldn't know those things. Right. And then they say it to somebody else. Yeah. And then your environment turns into... Scarcity. Yeah. Well, it becomes and, a talking point when you're out yeah. with your friends. They say, oh, how's it going at the Vogue? And immediately you're like, oh, man, we're, our numbers are way up. Mm-hmm. But that isn't really what you should be talking about. You should be talking about, oh, we got this new exciting band or we got a new whatever, you know, something yeah. other than going to that, yeah. you know, yeah. build up of whatever yeah. monetary thing is. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely been a culture shift for me, but I, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing that's cool about startups is... And I think I look at the Vogue as a startup because, for me, it is. I mean, yeah. I, I'm four months in. You got to bring that energy. Which yeah, is you, awesome. Yeah, you got to bring the energy. And, yeah. and, and the cool thing about startups is, if there is no momentum, if there literally is no momentum. Yeah. If you don't make the thing go, no one else is going to do it. You know. Whereas if, uh, you know, I work at Big Co. Uh, I can show up, and the, the train's moving down the tracks, and I'm going to hopefully help move the train. But if I don't show up, the train is still moving. Yeah. In a startup, it doesn't move unless you show up and make it happen. And um, I think for a nonprofit, that you know, there's a saying, of course, "fake it till you make it." I think you got to fake it. Yeah. You've got to create that momentum. You've got to yeah. create the positive environment. You've got to uh, bring people along on the on the yeah. ride. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is, I think if if you believe it's true, it will become true. Yeah. Uh, if you believe it'll never happen, guess what? It will never happen. Yeah. And, and it's just that simple. Yeah. And I agree with you. Self-fulfilling prophecy. It is. Yeah. Because even if they're, you know, we're going to save the world, you know, one child at a time. Yeah. Even if you just saved one, blow that message up because yeah. guess what? You did save his world. Yeah. Yeah. So and, that, I, and I think, like, you know, it, it is a bigger message. And, and coming back to like mission, if your mission is we're going to save the world, you have the wrong mission because you will never achieve that mission ever. Right. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say ever. That's probably a pessimistic view. But that's such a big elephant to swallow. Right. Uh, you can't do it on your own, at least. No, you can't. You know, and, and I think even our own mission here, like, 
I vacillate back and forth between being the best venue in the Midwest, being the best venue in the, in the nation. We're probably not going to be the best venue in the nation. Yeah. That probably is unachievable for the Vogue. But we could be the best live independent music venue in the Midwest. Like that is very achievable for us. And and getting that language in is important because you, you need to feel like you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. It, yeah. I agree. Well, some of my takeaways today, you know, that I'm really excited about and motivated for, A, listening for what you guys are doing in the community and starting to to your point, re, re-receive the message of the Vogue. Because um, I just love the, when somebody does a rebirth. Yeah. You know, um, connecting with schools. Because I really like, I never thought about that from how you guys can support the community and connect it to what you guys do. Never crossed my mind. So that's really awesome. Um, but also just helping under, uh, organizations understand of you got to look to towards the future that you know what your mission is yeah and not just your surroundings really glad you brought up the office thing (laughs) you know the simplest thing i think a lot of people can identify with or if you really think about it it's when you know you you clean your desk off or you clean your car or something that's just super messy and it's been like that for a while yeah like it's almost like something a weight got lifted off you and you're like you're dead you can actually function better that day because you did that and it's so silly but then you take it to a grander scale and you redo the offices yeah then everybody walks in and it's like i want to be here yeah yeah i was air fresheners i was in a meeting yesterday and um i was in a, in a different office building two days ago and I was sitting there thinking, and I was comparing the size and the dimension of the office to what we have here at the Vogue. And we're sitting in Jason's office, and you know, there's four of us, and we're probably within, I don't know, five feet of each other. And in this, in this meeting I was in on Tuesday, uh, there were also four people, and the room was ginormous, you know. And and there was like we were on these couches, and it was, it was totally different. Yeah. And there, one's not better or worse or right or wrong is just different and and there's this um there's an energy that a space has that you take into your work day um and and that energy then gets connected to you know what are we here doing yeah you know and um when jason comes in or when i come in or the rest of our team comes in i want us to be like i can't wait to be at the vogue today Mm -hmm. yeah and i think jason feels that but i want him to feel it like times 10 yeah. Water slide. <laughs> He's already got water slide in there. I'm ready. That's what I love about it. Well, I just want to thank you guys again. And truly, um, if you guys need help connecting with the community, I, I would love to get your message out there as you guys are doing that. Thank you. Um, because I love seeing businesses having that as one of their focuses. Um, because the more we can do that at our level, I think it's just going to generate more positive communities, you know, areas in, in Indianapolis. So, yeah. well, and surrounding every city, I guess. But uh, I'm partial to Indy because this is where I live. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Yeah, I love seeing so. businesses not just saying Indy, they're actually doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll consider any kind of event that anybody wants to do. I mean, it's always worth a conversation. So, if you're listening, reach out. Yeah, but I worked for an anti-trafficking organization. Yeah. No correlation with music, yeah. really, but yeah, you guys are wonderful to work with. Well, thanks for coming in.
Thank you for having us. Be excited to see the new offices when uh, yeah, do this again. Yeah.